Awesome Learning Podcast, produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Hi everyone, welcome to the House of Learning podcast. It's Richard and Ryan here. Hello. Doing a little, um, well I say summertime intro. It's kind of dull outside. Early, mm. <laughs> the premonition of summer is with us. <sighs> and uh, yeah, we're doing a little extra intro because we are actually taking June to release some really, well we wanted to talk about some really important topics, but we've had some great conversations in the past and uh ryan was on vacation uh has a lot going on i'm about to have a bunch of time off because i need to remodel my bathrooms <laughs> pray for the tambora household that it's not underwater uh there's a lot going on so with like okay let's re-release some of these things because there's a kind of trajectory in these right and yeah. so so what what do we pick and why did it float to the surface that's our little now we can't spend an entire podcast answering that question yep. which i know you are going to be prone to do yes <laughs> um well yeah so we're re-releasing some uh older conversations on uh, one on baptism we've got uh two on communion more broadly and then we've got a nice nerdy uh conversation uh on the communion elements where yes. you get to hear a, a bible nerd a theology nerd and a philosopher uh, oh, I don't need to be a nerd. Well, What's up with that? Sorry, a philosophy nerd. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Philosophers, I guess, yeah, I just because otherwise it would be like a theologian, a philosopher, and a bibliologist. Like, what's, yeah, well, what's yeah, the noun for a biblical studies? I guess I just think of philosophers as just definitely nerds. Yeah. Okay. So I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> but a philosophy nerd. Yeah. Uh, get to have um, a disagreement about the nature of the elements and and things like that. And it was yeah. it was a fun. That was a Maybe fun in the future. That was actually a fun two. one for a lot of reasons. You'll, you'll, uh, one, it started from a Facebook post, I think. It's, oh, that's right. It was I at remember. the beginning of COVID. And uh, Amber and I, my wife, uh, we were recording at home because of COVID. And uh, we, our um, landscapers came by that day and started. Uh, doing some landscaping oh, yeah, right I outside remember. our window because I could see you guys on Zoom and yep. you were like being chased around video. the house by the noise. So like we, whichever room you we went moved in. from the couch, I think, <laughs> to the bathroom, and then they went to the backyard where the bathroom's window is at, and so then we had to move back into the living room. Yes. So that was a fun one. There's... And uh, the first ones in this little mini series are from a while ago when Daniel Golder was around, mm. who I've seen recently. If you're wondering, he's doing well in Sherwood, doing awesome. Um, and yeah, so it sort of uh, turned back the clock a little bit as well. Yeah. But yeah, these are important topics. Like we do comedian every single week, mm-hmm. and yeah, we realised like we haven't talked about them on the on the podcast for I mean, what did you say? A couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah, I think the first three yeah. were 2019. Yeah, so a long time ago. Yeah. And so yeah, this is it is like uh, these are topics. I think there's such a richness in baptism and communion, amongst other things. Yeah. But I think of all the areas of church life where I'm 
often talking to Christians and feeling like, oh man, like I feel like I've had the opportunity to explore this richness, but we don't often talk about it in a way that other people encounter the richness. So it can be like, oh, it's a thing we do. Yeah, I guess it's grown normal, but I'm not really sure why. So hopefully over this month, yeah, you'll end up in July being like, oh man, communion's <laughs> the best. Like I'm loving it. And yeah. just, yeah, it'll really enrich things for you. And next time there's baptisms, whether you're yes. getting baptized or watching a baptism, that again, there'll be like an enrichment yeah. of an appreciation. And another good reason why to re-release the baptisms is because we can do baptisms again. That's right. Yes. That's so exciting. I it love is. baptisms. I know. I love it. It brings tears to my eyes every yeah, time. It does. Okay. Yeah. So over to the podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. My name's Richard. I'm one of the pastors here, and I've got a couple of regulars with me. Daniel, you yep. want to say hi? Hi, everybody. I'm Daniel. I'll work with Richard on the House of Learning team here at Westside. And I'm Molly, and I'm also hopping on and, and helping out a little bit in the House of Learning department here at Westside. Awesome. So we got one topic today to talk about. Uh, hopefully, no rabbit trails. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> our, our modus operandi normally. Um, there is something we do all the time. Uh, Once like a month. On a regular basis at Westside, we make a big deal out of it, uh, and that's baptism. Yeah. And it occurred to us, you know what? I can't remember the last time we actually did a teaching or a class or anything like that. On baptism so we thought wait we should start producing some resources on that yeah for and something so, that's so important that's so regular to our rhythm mm -hmm. uh I, I would be interested to know how many people out there say you know what i've got a really firm theology of mm -hmm. what's actually happening with mm -hmm. you know baptism by immersion once a month on a sunday where someone gets baptized they come out of the water and the whole church cheers they get handed a towel and dry off yeah mm -hmm. and then what yeah yeah. 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 And uh, I I mean Christians have done it for millennia. Yeah. It's like a really consistent part of church life. But there's no getting away from the fact that walking in a room, having a stranger pray with you, emptying your pockets and getting dunked in a tank of water in front of a thousand people is just culturally a really weird thing to do. It is. Yeah. So <laughs> I can only imagine there must be like loads of people who are like all right, well I've kind of learned we cheer yeah <laughs> and it's like it's something out of obedience to jesus and you know i know a little bit but yeah it's just there's no getting away from the fact it, it's kind of a weird thing yeah so yeah we wanted to we'll talk a little bit like where it comes from what the bible says about it what's going on um i, I guess one of the driving questions would be like why do it and what difference does it make yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we would want to get to one of the things that i always get back to is uh jesus um, the very last thing he says uh, before ascending to heaven in the book of Matthew is, uh, and Jesus came and said to them, this is the last verse, last couple of verses of Matthew says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name yeah. of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, you. and mm. behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And the book of Matthew ends there. And every time, I'm, I'm maybe not every time, most times when I'm about to baptize someone, I, I, I bring that history hmm. into this moment. We're stepping into a tradition that's 2,000 years old, started by our Lord. Yeah. This, this is the, the powerful moment that we are participating in right now. Hmm. Yeah. But it goes back even further, doesn't it? Because yeah. the, the book of Matthew begins 
with Jesus getting baptized. Yeah. And before Jesus gets baptized, we've got John baptizing. Yeah. And actually, you know, if we read the rabbinical writings, Jews have been baptizing for hundreds of years. Yeah. John so didn't start something new out in the wilderness. It, people weren't just going out there to get dunked. It was a part of the of the understanding, cultural understanding yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And even tracing all the way back to the beginning of the redemptive narrative, we see this theme of water being pretty significant. Um, and, and though baptism isn't introduced until a little bit later, I'd be curious to say, like, let's just start at Genesis 1. Let's see what Genesis 1 has to say about our understanding of baptism. Take us there. Oh, yeah, you want me to? Or <laughs> Richard loves a, a good old Genesis one. Are you sure? I do love a Genesis yeah, one. You take this one. Well, it's. Um, I guess the interesting thing for us is because it's weird in our culture. Someone getting baptized, we might be like, "Oh, what's it all about? What's going on?" And and if we had to sort of make our best guess, we would bring our culture to bear and and come up with some answers. But in Jesus's day and age, and when the New Testament was written, actually they didn't do a ton of teaching on baptism because it was actually a part of the culture. Yeah, it's just mm. what you did. Pe- yeah. People knew what it meant. Right. And so we've got like a missing piece in our puzzle to come up with this answer. And water was really, it was like an evocative symbol, like it meant something. And coming out of the Old Testament, there was like two big themes. And one of them we get in uh, Genesis 1. And water appears right at the beginning of Genesis. And it represents the kind of raw chaos of like a disordered just unintentional unguided um it's not nothingness but it's just uncultivated yeah uncultivated like just there's no purpose and so there's there's this chaos of water and then god it says the spirit hovered over the waters and then god starts to speak and exercises power and order and, and mm. purpose starts to arise mm-hmm. in creation. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting image when we think about about baptism and and that is a you know a part of what's on the table as we sort of construct our view of hey what's going on what should I be thinking about. But the other one keep reading through the the old testament it becomes clear pretty quickly that water has a lot to do with cleaning and and purification. Yeah, that's like in Ezekiel 36, uh, Mm -hmm. 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. Mm -hmm. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you... it's yeah. beautiful. And I, we can nerd out on Ezekiel 36 for a second, actually, because it's, it's really interesting. It's There's this covenant. prophecy. If, by the way, side note, if you're going to go to Ezekiel, just stay in 36. Don't read anywhere oh, else in Ezekiel. come on. <laughs> Ezekiel's definitely one of those books where you want to watch the Bible Project video before you crack it open yes. and try to read it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it needs an orientation guide. My favorite word in the whole book of Ezekiel is baldy. It's a good word. I just like that it's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's going to amuse my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Something for everybody. But you've got this. You've got this prophecy talking about you know when heaven crashes into earth, when God brings His kingdom, when God just fulfills all these promises about what He says creation is for and what it's meant to be. Yeah. What are going to be some of the things that mark that movement? Mm. Yeah. And it's the heaven being opened. It's water, and it's the pouring out of the Spirit. 
Yeah. And then yeah. it's really interesting because we've just been studying in John um, and you can read it in the other gospels as well. Jesus gets baptized mm-hmm. and what happens? Yeah. The heavens are opened and there's baptism. What Jesus is baptized and the spirit is poured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a really interesting sort of theme. When you get to the end of Jesus's ministry, the heavens open, mm-hmm. Jesus ascends, a voice from heaven is, is yep. given again. Yep. And they're commanded like we read in Matthew 28 there you read we've got the same sort of thing of, of baptism being prominent and hey you need the spirit the spirit's going to be poured out yeah. and then we get in the book of acts and we're like okay what's happening yeah and we just see like the the teaching the making of disciples through teaching and baptism, and baptism. just over and over and over again through the book of acts like recurring <laughs> themes i think i think ba- baptizing baptized like words like that they occur about 25 times in the book of acts oh, so it's like it's a huge. pretty prominent theme yeah. huge um, yeah. So, you know, we said we were going to trace back. So for someone in the first century, John rocks up. Yeah. And he's out by the Jordan River with his camel hair coat. Yeah. Eating wild <laughs> he's like the ultimate hipster. Yeah. Just like really weird. Yeah, definitely had a weird beard. You know? <laughs> for sure. And he's baptizing people and people got it. Like they, they turned up in their droves. Yeah. Like no one had to explain to them. They were like, so much oh, so that wanna, even the, re- the religious leaders were showing up to see what was going on, to kind of check it out, to see what was drawing all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And so in some ways they understood, but in some ways what was going on was really scandalous and really mm-hmm. weird. So this idea of uh, water being this place of like chaos and untamedness and where, where there just isn't life yet. Mm. Um, and and of purification is really interesting because when the Jews would take someone who wasn't a Jew but wanted to become a Jew, they would go through these rituals to help Mm -hmm. them, and it was proselytizing someone. And one of the uh, rites they had to go through was circumcision. Yep. And so if if you're interested in that, then uh, we're not going to have a big conversation about circumcision today, so you'd be glad to know. We're not going to rabbit trail down there. No, there were some bad jokes to be made. We're not <laughs> going to make them. But that was that was to do with a big identity change in that person's life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that, that they were going to take something that was dead about them, something that was rotten, something that was broken, and they were going to cut it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other thing they had to do was they had to take this ritual bath, mm-hmm. which which is to do with the word baptize in, yeah. in the Greek. And and so they had to like immerse themselves in water, yeah. um, and and it was to do with purification from uncleanness. But it was it kind of sealed and completed this identity change. Yeah, where going through this ritual was about you owning the fact that you used to serve other gods. Yeah, you used to serve false gods, things that aren't real, things that aren't true, things that are not part of the story of reality, and putting you're putting that down, and that that's not who you are. Yeah, and you're actually going to begin being a new person who mm-hmm. serves Yahweh, the God of the universe, God of creation. Yeah. And something else that's happening that's really powerful in that moment of baptism is I think so often we import our American idea of self into baptism. This is a moment for me and Jesus. And that's that's what this is about. Rather than this is a moment between the, my Lord, myself, and my community, yep. this greater body. It's why... It's why we don't do baptisms in the back, in private. Mm-hmm. We only do baptisms in front of everybody. 
Yeah. Uh, because that's that's how it's meant to be done is in community and celebration. Yeah. So this identity change the person steps into is a kind of okay, I'm going to relate to God differently. Yeah. Like who I am is different. Yeah. But there's definitely a sense in like that declaration they're making yes. by going through this ritual is not just I want to join Yahweh, but I want to join you guys. Yeah. I want you guys to proselytize me, to like adopt me into the family, mm-hmm. uh, which we've got a New Testament word for, make a disciple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so the concepts kind of join up. Yeah. And that's the thing is in First Corinthians. Sorry, Molly, I think I just cut you no, off. No, that's okay. I was just really excited about this. First Corinthians is great. Let's go there. <laughs> okay, Let's do it. Uh, First Corinthians 12. And this is to a church that's broken and has, you know, division everywhere. First Corinthians 12, uh, 12, Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Yeah. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink one spirit. There's so much unity yes. that comes in the act of baptism. There's so much togetherness. There's so much family. And what, like we're, oh, I'm baptized now into one body. Mm-hmm. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. If you're excited, I'm excited. We're in this now together through baptism. Yeah. yeah. And that word of unity is so powerful. In, in, it was in the first century and it still is today in our culture that everyone is equal in the kingdom of God. There is no greater than or less than in the kingdom. And in back in the in the first century, there was a, a, a distinct division of Jews and Gentiles. And, and there were there was an attitude at times of Jews saying, yeah, we're better than the Gentiles. And we can we still see that today in our 21st century. So to hear a word of unity of being invited into this family on equal footing is just, it's so powerful for our culture and, yeah, and our understanding yeah. of, of what it looks like to participate in the kingdom. And even that, that part of that verse, yeah, like there's neither slave yep. nor free, yep. you know, Jew or Greek. We're talking about massive societal yeah. class. Yes. Huge things. That's actually, it's, it's repeated in the New Testament in a few places. Mm-hmm. And scholars reckon that actually Paul is probably quoting like part of what, was part of the liturgy of the church yeah like the formula like, like what do you mm. say when you get baptized like what's the really important stuff that we always all want to say and make a, cl- yeah. lay a claim of and it's that 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 we're one big family yep yeah yep yeah it's Absolutely. interesting there's so many um tensions and divisions kind of even in our modern age and i think we mentioned on our previous podcast how uh, molly and i are in a class right now for in church history and i was doing um I was reading uh, St. Augustine's Confessions Mm -hmm. uh, this last week, and it's interesting. There's actually a bunch of debate, not a bunch of debate. There's debate on whether or not he was, um, if he had black skin or if he had light skin. Hmm. And it's just an interesting, uh, uh, interesting uh, conversation about it because, you know, they think he was born in Northern Africa. That's where he lived and died was Northern Africa. Uh, And so there's a really strong understanding that one of the main historical saints of the church uh, could have dark skin, uh, which is beautiful and interesting. But the other thing that I was reading was that he wouldn't have considered like that wouldn't have been identity for him. Mm. His identity was Roman and then Christian. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting mm, that as yeah. we're diving into this, you know, the the big the big dynamics at the time were not skin color, but it was actually uh, citizenship. Where yeah. do you consider yourself mm. a citizen? Mm-hmm. And even that is what's being called out here. Mm-hmm. Jew. Greek, it doesn't matter. Now we're one yep. body. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the early church got this. 
Yeah. Like it's really interesting how quickly and how universally the early church saw the importance of baptism. Yeah. You know, the, the same sort of, yeah, we do it every week or we do it every month, but it, it was like regular and important and everyone understood like, what does it mean? Like, how do you step into following Jesus, being a part of his family, being a part of this new movement in the story of God called the church where yeah. God's manifesting his mm-hmm. kingdom, like the, the sharp point of the tip of where God's going to manifest his plan for creation and bring it to pass. Yeah. And so you see it like consistently in the book of Acts. You've got like the Philippian jailer, mm-hmm. you know, and so he has this Jesus encounter and it's like the same night he and his household get baptized. Mm-hmm. They're not like, oh, yeah, well, maybe you know, I'll think about it for a while like. No, there's something about this act that was so important that that, that was how they marked transitioning into yeah. a new way of life. Yeah. You've got Lydia, um, you know, and she's like the seller of purple that Paul encounters by the river. And, uh, you know, again, has this encounter with Jesus, discovers who Jesus is, wants to say yes to Jesus. You know, it's probably, you know, some, somewhere in the afternoon. Yeah. And she gets baptized before the next meal. Yeah. Like, it, it was just so, so quick. And Repent. Be yeah. baptized. And, Repent. and I yeah. guess the question is, like, why? What what did baptism mean to these people that it was so important that they got it done? Yeah. I think I think that understanding of it's, an, it's a new way of life that Jesus invites us into is, is the first step is ha- having to die, which seems harsh. But we associate with jesus's death in order to be raised into this new life it's that manifestation of of the physical in order to demonstrate this new spiritual reality that we're uh, being ushered into by jesus yeah yeah Yeah. i think of like uh colossians 2 um in the middle of the chapter um which chapter uh, chapter 2 it it says um Oh, man, how much should we read of this? It's really, just read Colossians, one of my favorite books. Um, But it says your whole self is ruled, uh, or sorry, your whole self was ruled by the flesh. So there was this old you, and you were kind of dominated by brokenness and sin, and it was kind of a tragic story. You couldn't escape. You're kind of like Paul talks about being a slave, and that's who you were. But that was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So we've got this ritual idea of a change of identity, like um, that, that something in us that meant that the, the powers of brokenness and darkness had power over us was cut off. Yeah. It, was, it was done away with. It was removed. It was circumcised. But we move from circumcision to the other part of it, of, of baptism. And it says, having been buried with Jesus in baptism, in whom you are also raised through your faith in the working of God yeah. who raised him from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this association with the church, this unity, like I want to join you guys, this initiation right. Okay. Yeah. But it's also about association with Jesus. And so, and, and I think actually this is, if people are going to pick up bits, of, you know, of what baptism means, this is, they're going to understand that we're acting out death and resurrection. Yeah. And so when someone is lowered into the water, into that like realm of chaos and bro- you know, brokenness, unformedness, 
it's like yeah let's let's put the old and the broken to death mm-hmm. yeah and it's really interesting because it's not dabble in death it's not surgery it's not like let's cut a bit off let's let's amputate something no let's be buried that that's circumcision yeah baptism <laughs> is like no the, who you are mm-hmm. like your storyline that book ends yep like the prologue's written we close the book we put it away um because it the kind of death that we're acting out is is actually jesus's yeah like of crucifixion yeah and, and it's, it's such a marker it's such a old life new life yeah. and i'm and i'm so grateful for baptism because that that new believer energy of like okay okay i believe now what what do i do mm-hmm. as opposed to like well just you know live differently now yeah. you know it's like there's something like and this is what happened in acts 2 so this is acts 2 uh, verse 37 this is right after peter's been preaching his heart out and now when the people heard this they were cut to the heart and said to peter and to the rest of the apostles brothers what shall we do you know this is the, this is their question what yeah. do we do now yeah and peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit and i i think it's so it's amazing that there's something to call people to do. I've made this commitment in my life. Now, what do I do? How do I recognize it? Yeah. There was a guy, um, he came into church. Um, uh, I haven't asked his permission to tell the story in the podcast, so I guess I'll keep him nameless. But if you know him, I guess you'll know the story. But uh, he came into the church maybe eight months ago now, uh, and dark eyeliner on under his eyes, and was kind of looking around like, what is going on here? And I stopped and I was like, hey, Hi, welcome. You know, can I help you? And he goes, is this a church? I go, sure. Yeah. He goes, I've never seen a church like this before. I go, can I give you a tour? You know, so I showed him around. And uh, so after the tour, uh, he's on his way out and he goes, can we grab coffee? I say, yeah, please. Hmm. And then he grabs my arm. He goes, by no means am I a Christian. I go, that's totally fine. That's, you know, you're welcome to have coffee. Like we can have coffee. So anyways, this kicks off a relationship uh, where he starts attending Alpha and we start having Whoa. coffee once a month and he joins a community group and like all this different kind of stuff. Uh, and at that coffee, he says to me, so just so you know, I'm a Satanist. I, I hate Christians. I was like, okay, that's powerful. Let, you know, let's talk about that. And so four months into him showing up to everything, I was like, you're behaving really weird for someone who hates Christians. Yeah. You know, hang out with us all the time. Where are you at right now? And he goes, I'm starting to pray, I think. He goes, but if God's real, shouldn't I hear from him? I go, yeah, that's how that works. I get a text like four days later. I just heard from God. Whoa. Four days after that, will you baptize me? And so he and I met for two hours on Friday, the next day, and then I baptized him that Sunday. Oh my gosh. And that's the second part of what we're acting out. Because yeah. we, don't, we don't leave you under the water. No, that, that would be a kind <laughs> of yeah. gruesome thing. To Goodness do. gracious! We, and we, when we pull you out, we're acting out Jesus's resurrection. Yeah, but if they're Patriots fans, we do hold them under the water just a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, but there is that, like, this some, supposed to be something different. We're not just saying yes to Jesus in like a. Oh well, you know, I guess I would like God to provide a new job for me, so I'll pray for that. I want I want to say yes to Jesus so I can get something or have yeah. him help me with something or man, I'm struggling with something or I really want rescuing from something. Um but 
when Jesus rose, like he rose to a life that could never be dominated by sin. Yeah. That could never be quashed. Yeah. That was ultimately going to like bring God's design plan to pass. Where death it was gonna itself flourish. was defeated. Yeah. And and so we're associating with Jesus and, and we're taking the old broken us that's a part of the story of why God needs to redeem the whole of creation and saying, that's not me. Like, I want that to die. Yeah. And then we're pulled up out of the water and we're acting out a reality, a spiritual reality that happens because of Jesus, because of his grace. When we put our faith in him, he makes us alive. Like he takes yeah. the, the dead us and and puts his spirit in us and we're and you know we have this in uh in john again you know like you have to be born again so we yeah. talked about this um previously and so yeah you you have this new but it's it's more than a new lease of life you actually have a, a whole new life yeah. and a new book has been opened yeah and your name has been written on and this book is an eternal book yeah and it's and it's a completely different book it's a completely different life because it's kind of like moving from being some weird Gentile to wanting to become a Jew. Yeah. Your allegiance has changed. Mm. Like I want Jesus to be my God. I want to follow him. I want to commit to him and I want life to be different. And I, cause I think that leads me with some questions where I, I think, okay, so where, where does the timing of me becoming a Christian and and Jesus making me alive again and baptism fit together. Yeah. Because I I it's really interesting. We've got like three of us sat around here and we've all got a different story around baptism. <laughs> yeah. And so I I actually like came to know Jesus when I was about 18, started walking with him and really quickly was like, I want to get baptized. Yeah. All right. And then Daniel, you're different, aren't you? So Yeah, so I grew up in the church. My dad was a missionary and a pastor, my parents were missionaries and I saw from a young age i mean i can't remember I, I guess my youngest memory of watching people get baptized i was probably like uh oh man i mean oh actually i i, I baptized myself apparently when i was a toddler you were doing <laughs> baptisms in the lake yeah and i saw my dad in the lake baptizing people and apparently i just ran into the lake and face planted in the water a little terrifying moment for parents but uh no i i i saw people getting baptized my whole life and i chose to wait till i was 16 because i want i I wanted to be sure this is my decision. This is my faith. Mm. This isn't something I'm stepping into just because mm -hmm. of culture, because of my parents. Um, and I, I just didn't feel ready to do that, to say this is me and my decision until I was about 16. And what about you, Molly? Yeah, so I've got quite the interesting one and might even <laughs> ruffle some feathers. However, I as... Um, My feathers are ready to be oh, ruffled. All right, let's do this. Um, I was raised Catholic, actually, so they hold to the idea of infant baptism. And so I was baptized as a six-month-old um, and w grew up From in the... death to life. Yes, as a six-month-old. <laughs> all the sin. Anyways, we can get to that in, on another podcast. Um after after that moment was just raised in the Catholic Church, actually went through a lot of the different sacraments. So my first communion, confession, confirmation, etc. But didn't really have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, and then by, by the time I was about 15, I, I found myself in a, a Christian church. I kind of walked away from the Catholic Church, kind of hungry for something more. And became a Christian, I would say, at the age of 15. But the church that I was attending didn't uh, practice baptism as a regular rhythm in their in their church service. No, no, no. It was evangelical. It was just kind of a 
um, just something that never really happened. No, and, but it was more of just out of non-existence rather than a, a theological statement by any means. Mm. And so there was there was no opportunity. It wasn't really even on my radar as something that you do as a new believer. Discipleship, the teaching aspect of the Great Commission was kind of the emphasis in my early Christian walk with Jesus. And then by the time I went to Biola University as a college student, I studied the Bible and theology as my major. And we were in a theology class talking about baptism. And I had we were going through just kind of the different ideas and, and theologies, and one of them was that um, I, in order to have salvation, you needed to be baptized. Yeah. And um, I panicked and was just distraught because if even though I didn't necessarily hold to that theology, if that theology was true, I was going to go to hell, even though I'd been a faithful follower of Jesus for you know four or five years. Sure. So I sat down with a few of my professors and we kind of just wrestled out you know where my heart was at and it didn't seem like it would be um, it would be out of fear that I would go into the waters and not out of, out of a declaration declaration of my of my faith and allegiance to Jesus. And so um, that is kind of my baptism story, which is really funny. Um, and I haven't, I was baptized as a, as a six month old. That was, that was yeah. the time I got baptized. So I, and so I, I can well imagine there'll be people who are listening who are like, I haven't been baptized. Am I like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Like, when should I like, ah, what should I do? Or people who got baptized and are like, oh, did I do it wrong? You know, cause yeah. we always got this, <laughs> we want, we want to do it right. We want to honor God. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't think talking about some of the varieties of how it might work out could be good. Let, let me preface it um, that like most important thing, God's ordained baptism and he's given it to us. And uh, it's actually something God does throughout scripture is there are spiritual realities, things that we know are real. Like we, we sense them. We, we see the effects of them. We see the transformational power of God at work, but they're not tangible. We can't touch them. We can't see them. We can't taste them. You know, all of that stuff. And God has consistently given us ways to kind of act out spiritual realities in tangible ways. Yeah. And they help us to engage with them. Mm-hmm. They they help those realities to manifest themselves to us and for us to like reach out, grab a hold of them and make them tangible to ourselves, like understand what's actually happening. And so, you know, baptism is not something God needs. For like, well, I, I can't save you unless you do it right. Yeah. Like right. it's for us to help us engage in this, Mm -hmm. this spiritual reality. And so, yeah, if if you're like worried, like maybe I've, maybe I've done it wrong. Like if I've done a boo-boo, I might need to get re-baptized. Like I need to repent. I did it wrong. Like, I don't think that's going to be God's attitude towards (laughs) you. And, um, I think actually anyone who gets baptized is always going to look back over the rest of their life as they continue growing in, in Jesus and learning the Bible more and are going are to appreciate other aspects of what was actually happening yeah. that they didn't grasp at the time. Yeah. So part of being ready for baptism is not like a comprehensive understanding of baptism. Yeah. So so that's one thing I don't think we need to worry about. Um, so so what about because um, we've got like three types of people. Um, so what about people who like got baptized, and and maybe then they're worried, man, I. I feel like it could have meant more. I mean, Molly, you're kind of extreme. What it mm-hmm. meant to you as a six-month-old, you don't have an awareness <laughs> nope. of. But it's still a part of your story. Yeah. And it can still be a meaningful part of your story. So mm-hmm. so let's talk about like people who maybe would have that question of like, man, I maybe not as extreme as you, 
but let's go for someone like in the middle like yeah i got baptized maybe as a teenager but like it meant something but like I, i feel like i feel like now i'm at a place in my life where god's brought me to a point of maturity where i just i really like yeah the old me is dead. Mm-hmm. I live for Jesus. That's who I am. I want to own that allegiance to Jesus and to, to his church, to his family. Like, do they need to get baptized again? I mean, I have my opinion. Yeah. And and that we may get some differences of opinion <laughs> coming out today. It's true. Uh, but it also has been... 30 minutes is this the cliffhanger we should end our podcast no, on? i think it's okay we can we can go five minutes long okay if you're listening to this on your commute just drive around the yeah. block two times it'll be fine yeah for me it's it's kind of like it for here's here's the here's the analogy that comes into my mind is it'd be like um if a couple said hey we want to get married again we got married 16 years ago but we were young we didn't really know what we were doing now we get it and now we want to recommit ourselves to each other. Would you say, no, you can't do that? Say, I mean, yeah, okay, re- renew your vows. That's what, that's, that's totally fine. In, in my head, though, the train, like, the, the moment has happened mm-hmm. already. It's already, it's already been done. That's mm-hmm. been the baptism of a believer. Yes, you do understand it more now. Yes, it's more real now. The reality of that is more real now because you've grown your understanding. Is it necessary? I don't know. I'm also not going to like stand next to the baptismal and like fight people off with a stick about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I tend to agree. Um, I like that analogy. Um, but I kind of think, you know, if being baptized meant that you were like, I'm a mature Christian. I'm walking like I've got it. Like. Then no one Man, would ever get baptized. Me and Jesus yeah. are totally in love. Either no one will get baptized or in the early church, why are people getting baptized by the thousands? Immediately. And then Paul is having to write letters to them over and over and over, telling them the fundamentals of like, oh, you need to like love Jesus and walk with him and yeah. you need to stop sinning and like all this basic stuff, right? Yeah. And, and I think actually when, when we say yes to Jesus, it's always going to be a weak, frail, naive childlike yes yeah and that's the which, beauty which of is it. fine and yeah. god's faithfulness in response to that is to interact with us grab a hold of our life and getting us to that point later on where we're like i'm all in for jesus you know that's because yeah. of that yes now at the same time if someone is like hey i need to get baptized again i really screwed up this week that's where that's that is actually where i'd say you know what baptism is not the thing mm-hmm. that you need yep uh, you've been baptized, you're in relationship, and now what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to jump deeper into relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Because uh, you've been baptized. We're family now. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free. We are one body, and you're hurting, and we're in this together. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. dive into relationship. Let's dive into prayer. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's do this together. But yeah. I do think there's going to be some people for whom they got baptized, and what they were saying yes to is maybe peer pressure. Yeah. Their parents. Yeah you know, like all sorts of other things where they might come and say, man, I, I got wet, but I don't feel like I ever actually expressed yeah. to God, you know, Anything, in any yeah. way, this desire to have a change of identity it's and, kind of, and to become his. Yeah. And those are the baptisms that I wouldn't call a slam dunk. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, what's, what's the, you know, the, 
so so that addresses someone who's like man should i get baptized again yeah but what about people you know i mean maybe we've already answered this looking back feeling like man i wish my baptism had meant more you know like how do you interact with the fact that baptism is something you've done but you just maybe wish you'd done a better job of it or it had been more meaningful or is that just lost like well yeah i can't reclaim that that's a bummer i guess i'll just move on or or can it grow in meaning i i think it can grow in meaning absolutely but i think to the point that daniel mentioned there if it's done out of fear that's that's not what god has for us and if it's done out of regret that's not what God has for us either. And there is a space for repentance and confession in, in, in our life and prayer. And so to, to, to do it out of a sense of, 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 of a, a wrong heart posture, out of fear or out of, oh, I don't think it worked the first time or, or I didn't, wasn't really in the greatest mindset the first time. I think the, the power of baptism stands independent of our understanding of it when it happened, if that makes sense. Like the, the act of, of being associated with Jesus's death and raised back to life in Jesus's resurrected life stands as an independent, powerful declaration, regardless of, of how cognizant you yeah. were at that yeah. moment. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I like that. And it's like so many other parts of our life. You know, like you might take communion on a Sunday, which, by the way, is another thing we do regularly at Westside and we'll do a podcast on that too. Um, but actually some of the significance of that hitting you and making a difference might come in the middle of your week while you're on the way to work. And, and suddenly part of the reality of what you did, like, kicks into gear mm-hmm. in some way. Yep. And so there's, yeah, there's all, always that possibility. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone long enough. So just to let you know, if you're listening, yes, we have just scratched the surface. There are 20 hmm. more questions. But um, yeah, we'll we'll put it on paper or we'll record some more stuff. And um, yeah, look out for that. That'll be coming soon. And there are going to be notes at the bottom of the podcast with all the scripture references and some discussion yep. questions. So if you're like, hey, what was that chapter? Yep. Yeah, you can look it up. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.